This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes 1 through 4. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp, black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your more off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0, as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is your truly TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast where we talk New Orleans Saints. And I really do appreciate your time. And I know this is very, very unconventional. Normally, I don't do shows at night like this. But, you know, I was just up, man, you know, and extremely motivated uh, to do another podcast. And it's been a while since... I did a uh, you know a Saints Q and A edition of the State of the Saints podcast, and also I just want to just add a little bit of a subscription party. Um, also, you know, I want to uh, for all the people that are probably new to the State of the Saints podcast, never seen it before. Uh, hopefully, you all will become subscribers uh, by the end of this show. So this is a Saints Q and A slash subscription party. So um, if you like the content, I'm not telling you to subscribe already. You know. Some people it might might not be for them, you know, but if you're enjoying the content, if you're enjoying everything else, you know, then feel free to subscribe. But if you are here, I will recommend that you go ahead and give your boy a thumbs up. Tell everybody how much you appreciate the State of the Saints podcast. Give, give your boy a thumbs up before we go ahead and uh, get started. But this is a Saints Q&A edition. Uh, I don't have a topic on hand. Uh, I did a show earlier uh, in the day, um, I'm, I'm actually recording this on a Wednesday night. So I've already uh, done a show today on the topic of Taysom Hill. You can check that out if you have not checked it out. I did it earlier today. Uh, also, we got some good news, man. Coming up on Friday, uh, we have a special guest on the State of the Saints podcast from ESPN. We have Stan Verrett, 
who is going to be on the State of the Saints podcast on Friday evening, man. So I'm really excited about that. Some of you know who Stan Verrett is. A lot of you know who Stan Verrett is. I mean, on ESPN at night, over on the West Coast, uh, a graduate of St. Aug High School, a native of New Orleans. So definitely excited to talk to Stan Verrett and get his take on, uh, you know, the New Orleans Saints and, and some of the moves that they're making. We'd love to hear from him. And, you know, I had opportunity to talk to uh, Stan Verrett today, you know, as I was telling him a little bit about the State of the Saints podcast and, the man really dropped some gems on me and he really now he really had me thinking about the the path and the direction I want to take this show and also just as a podcaster as a human being. Um I talked to him for a good little minute man and um God basically changed my life talking to me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I'm serious. Uh a great individual uh you know and I I, I look forward to talking to him on Friday Stan Barrett. Uh, once again, Friday on the State of the Saints podcast. But let's just go ahead and get started. Uh, I start from the top, okay? I start from the top. No, I know normally I kind of skim through, but we got Jared Poor. Jared saying that he's back, giving a shout out to me, says, hey, TJ. We got Brian here. We got uh, Keen Arthur uh, says, TJ, what's happening? What's going on, man? Good luck with your event uh, this coming weekend. Really excited about that, man. Uh, hopefully everything works out for you. I know you're excited. Uh, great stuff right there, man. And um, I know you're going to knock it out of the park, man. You're going to have a good turnout. So good luck to you out there in Augusta, man. Uh, Keen Arthur asked the first question, though. He says, TJ, who uh, do you believe our starting DBs will be? Well, Keen Arthur, I, I think that it's going to be Paulson Adebo and it's going to be Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, I think that Paulson Adebo, uh, the only reason why he wasn't picked as a, you know, a number uh number one draft pick for a, a team is because uh because he set out you know you had a lot of issues with the Pac-12 last season uh dealing with COVID-19 they didn't know if they were going to play they didn't know if they were going to sit out and it, it came you know to a point where it was like well I don't think that this is a I don't think that this is a good idea you know I don't think that this is a good idea I got to think about my future so he decided to he decided to sit out, you know, and I think that kind of hurt him, even though people were saying, oh, you know, it's not going to hurt you to sit out. Yes, it did, man. I don't care what anybody says. You know, they they looked at those players differently unless you were just a, you know, just a can't miss talent like a Jamar Chase or something like that. If you still had some some issues, some unanswered questions about your play, teams looked at you completely different. And I just think that he was one of those guys. He's a first round talent, man. I just think that the fact that he didn't play affected his his draft stock. But I, I definitely have him going on the left side. He's an extremely smart football player. He went to Stanford, man. He's a confident guy, and uh, he believes in himself, man. He he does. You can tell by just just following him on social media. He marches to the beat of his own drum. Don't really care about what people think about him, man. He's into like all you know different things that you wouldn't think that you know a guy, you know, that young would be into, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to music and culture. So I think that he will be uh, a guy that is going to be on the opposite side of Marshawn Lattimore. And I think that a lot of Saints fans are going to be excited when they see Paulson Debo play. I know I'm going to be uh, one of those fans. Pammy Whammy says, hey, TJ, hey, who that fam? That intro gets me hyped every time. Well, I appreciate that, Pammy Whammy. That's, that's the whole <laughs> point of that intro, you know. Um, when I'm I'm looking for different beats and stuff like that, you know, I, I'm definitely trying to look for something that gets you hyped, gets you motivated, gets you psyched up. And that, that beat definitely 
uh, is one of the best beats, uh, you know, that I put out. I think I did like three different intros. That's definitely my favorite. And I hear a lot of people talking about how much they like it. Uh, my my brother Sam shouts out to him, man. Says that he he, he really likes the beat too. So, shouts out to my big brother Sam. Uh, TJ, I heard we let Trill Williams slip uh, to a, a lurking Miami team. We plan to resign him after he fell physical. Well, you know it, that's just a break sometimes, right? Um, you, you think that a guy's going to be there, and a team looks and they say, you know what? I think we're going to go ahead and take him off their hands. And I think there's a place for him out there in Miami. Now, he, he's not going to be the best cover corner that you're ever going to see. But he's a guy that's extremely physical. He's not afraid to go out there and put that, 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 that uh, hat on a hat. You know what I'm saying? He's definitely not afraid to do that. He's definitely not afraid uh, to make a tackle. So uh, Miami is going to be able to do something with him. Uh, Brian Flores uh, is a guy who I feel like uh, can get the best out of some of those young players. And and, uh, you know, it's just a learned lesson for him. Um, you, you can't come up in there half-stepping, and, and just because you got opportunity to play on a team uh, does not mean that, you know, you got you, you got to come in. You got to come in in peak uh, condition. And, you know, you, you can't squander opportunities like that. Luckily for him, somebody was lurking and, and trying to find uh, somebody that, that meet, you know, has the same similar skill set as him, and he was able to get picked up. But you have to make sure uh, that you're in peak condition, man. That that's that's a red flag, especially you coming out of college, man. You you got to be prepared. TJ, any word on Lattimore? Uh, no, 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 nothing has been um, brought down yet on on Lattimore. I'm pretty sure something is going to come up as as uh, we get closer to the season. TJ, what's happening? Uh, who that? What's going on, Miguel? Appreciate you for being here. Keith Lewis says, what's up, TJ? Who that, Hawaii? What's going on, Keith? Thank you for being here. Jamika says, good evening. Thank you, Jamika, for being here. Pammy Whammy says, love the hat, TJ. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, it's a hat that I designed myself, man. Shouts out to my uh, graphic design guy, Mike Wills. Uh, he, he's been designing different things for me for the last 10 years, and you know, the, the designs that he come out with, I'm always turning into like shirts and different type of other things. You know, he's the guy who designed the SOTS logo uh, that we have today. So shouts out to my guy, Mike Wills, who does an outstanding job on a lot of the graphics that I ask him. I mean, he he does a really good job when I describe what I want um, from him in emails and stuff. He, he, he brings it out, man. And I really been, you know, I really enjoy his work. Shouts out to him. Uh, do you think uh, we have Keith Washington Jr. Uh, a chance in a position battle if he go eat a few po' boys and gain weight? <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Um, I-, I mentioned that on Twitter earlier today. You know, I'm I'm really excited about Keith Washington the second. You know, I-, I think he's a guy who a lot of people aren't really paying that much attention to, but I think they should. You know, he had a really good training camp, but I think a, a lot of the things that you know, the, the organization seen from him last season, they, they're happy about, but their weight is a, is a genuine, a genuine concern. Like he has the height. He's like six foot one. He has like a long wingspan of a guy like six, three, six, four. That's what you want, but he's so small, man. And I've seen pictures of him. It seemed like he gained a little bit of weight. So I think he was maybe like around 178, 179. That's that just too small. You want to gain a little bit about 10, 15 more, 10, 15 pounds of muscle or something like that in order for you to play because you're going up against wide receivers. These guys are like, 
you know, 210, 220 pounds, like, and you, you know, even though you got the wingspan, you got to be able to make tackles on these guys and you got to be able to be a little bit more physical. So he definitely got to put some more weight on. That's the only concern I have for him. But it, I think that he's he is a, an extremely talented cornerback. I think a, a lot of Saints fans, I think we should be extremely excited uh, for a lot of these guys that we're going to see. I know these guys don't have big names and I know these guys haven't proven themselves yet. But I just think that the confidence level that these guys play with when they're on the field, they play as if they're all pros. And that's what you got to have sometime, even though guys may not have the the ability of a Richard Sherman or Patrick Peterson or uh, some of these younger guys today, like uh, Trey White or something like that. You you still want to have that that dog mentality. And when you have that, it's hard for anybody to try to bring down your confidence or anything like that. So. I understand that we we like the names and we we like guys that are, have proven themselves because it gives us assurance as Saints fans. But I'm I'm looking at some of these young guys and, and their development, and I'm looking at that because you need those young guys for the future, man. You want those guys to develop, and I, I think that we should give these guys opportunities. Guys like Keith Washington, you know, guys like that, I feel like are going to be the future of the team. Uh, if he stays on a straight and narrow path, of course, you know, and he and he gets like serious about his condition and his his weight training. I think that's going to be the hindrance. That's the only issue I have. But besides everything else, I think that uh, I think he has great eye discipline. I think that he has a great wingspan. Just got to gain a little bit of weight, man, so he can be physical with those with those defensive backs. Cedric says, which one of the players we lost? Uh, will have the biggest impact on their team on their new team uh to me it's, it's going to be sheldon rankins i feel like sheldon rankins is going to have a huge impact for the jets look uh robert sala is a really good defensive coordinator when he was out there playing i mean when he was out there for the 49ers he was an extremely talented defensive coordinator and that's the reason why he's a head coach today scott can coach some defense and uh i just think that he has a he has a way of getting the best out of those guys uh, on the front four. Man, we've seen like guys like Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa wreak havoc, Eric Armstead, guys like that, right? He had those guys wreaking havoc. So I feel like a guy like Sheldon Rankins would thrive in a defense that is coached by Robert Sala, uh, a defensive-minded coach, and get the best out of him. Now, Sheldon Rankins, his issue was never the fact that he couldn't play. The fact is, like, he could never stay healthy. Sheldon Rankin staying healthy with Robert Sala as one of his uh, defensive uh, coaches, you know, the guy that's helping him develop as a defensive player. I think that he would be uh, one of those guys that we look back and be like, dang, you know what I'm saying? Alongside Williams out there, you know, I just think that those guys can be a good one to punch. So I think that he would probably have the biggest impact. The next person, would probably be Janoris Jenkins. Uh, I know he's not the Janoris Jenkins he was when he was with the Rams or even earlier in his career when he was with the Giants, but he still is a seasoned veteran and he's still instinctive and he still can get around the football. You know, he doesn't have the, that that those hands he once had early in his career, but he's a guy that can jump those passes, man, and, and sometimes they can get picked off and, and taken to the house. So to me, Sheldon Rankins is going to be that guy who I feel like is going to have the biggest impact uh, for his new team. Jerry says, the State of the Saints podcast, Big Q says, hello to you, TJ. Gave you a shout out, man. What's, what's going on, Big Q, man? Th- hey, man, shouts out to you. 
you know, man, shouts out to Big Q, man. A, a, a really great guy, a really good podcast, a really good show. And, uh, you know, I mean, just, man, just an upstanding person, man. That, that's a guy, I, you know, that you want to root for, a guy that, you know, that you love seeing grow and develop, has a great take, uh, has, a, has a good eye for Saints football. And uh, you know he has a he has a wonderful show, man. Man, shouts out to BQ, man. Great individual, like really great individual. I know this uh, Saints, but I just gotta say, Luca. <laughs> hey y'all, uh, yeah, man, Luca Doncic uh, doing some damage uh, to the Clippers. Uh, definitely uh, is a really talented player. A lot of people call him Baby Bird. Uh, I don't know about that much. I think he has a little bit more. I think he has a little bit more finesse than Larry Bird did, but um, man, there's just something about those Clippers. Uh, the Clippers just can't seem to get out of their own way. Uh, they're snake bitten. I don't just don't understand it. I just think Kawhi Leonard and Paul uh, Paul George. Uh, you know, I just think that uh, it's just not a good fit, man. Somebody needs to go somewhere else. Somebody need to uh, exit stage left, and I think it's going to be Kawhi. I think he just going to realize that he just can't win out there, but. Luca and that's just a bad matchup for them all together. I think they had an issue with them in a bubble, if I'm not mistaken. You know, I just think that's a bad matchup for the Clippers. I think that uh the 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 Mavericks has a, have a lot of length, and I think it gives the it gives the Clippers problems. Do we have a chance, honestly, to get Aaron Rodgers as our starting court as our starting quarterback this year? Uh, they have a chance. Every, every team have a chance, you know, if you want to move some some things around. But I don't see that happening. You know, I, I don't see him coming to. I don't see him coming to the New Orleans Saints, but it could happen. You know, I mean, anything is possible with the Saints as long as Kai Harley in that front office. He can make some things work. Uh, Jarvis says, uh, TJ, longtime listener. I swear I know uh, you like family. Hey man, I appreciate that. And I, I'm I'm glad you feel that way because I feel the same way about you, man, and everybody else here. You know, it is a family atmosphere here on the State of the Saints podcast, and I value that. You know, I, I don't just say that and it's it's not just lip service. I, I mean that. I, I'm happy that we have a family atmosphere here on the State of the Saints podcast where we can talk about Saints football. We can also talk about, you know, other things as well. So I, I appreciate this family dynamic that we all created here together. And um, I'm looking forward for many great shows in the future and for us to grow together as a family. Tyree says, you think uh, JC Horn going to be better than Lattimore? You know, he's in NFC South and right now Lattimore, the best corner in NFC South. Uh, Look, he's definitely a guy that you have to be on the lookout for but, and check this out. Uh, You know, you can come in with a lot of uh, buzz, but you got to go out there and play. You got to prove yourself. You got to go out there and prove to the world that you are that guy. And uh, J.C. Horn is a guy that people consider a shutdown corner, a guy that a lot of uh, players that are playing a wide receiver position going to have to look out for. I think if he's everything that they want him to be out there in Carolina, along with Dante Jackson, I think they're going to be a, a huge force to be reckoned with. Uh, but you got to go out there and play, okay? It's, this is not South Carolina anymore. You know, this isn't – you're not playing in South Carolina. This isn't Columbia anymore. You got to go out there and play. You got to go out there and ball out because these guys, it, it's for the money now. It's for the bread. 
It's the it's, it's these guys' livelihood. So do I think that he has a chance? Absolutely. Uh, he, he's extremely physical. He has a great wingspan. He has a great vertical leap. He's not afraid to stick his head in there to make a tackle. Has all the tools to be successful as a cornerback. But you got to prove it on Sunday. It's not Saturday anymore. Uh, his lower body is super thin. I assume you're talking about Keith Washington. But look, if he can gain weight, he can he can be a credible corner. J.C. Horn is a really good corner, too. Yeah, he, he is. But you got to prove it on Sunday. Jacko says, Jameis plus a good offensive line equals trouble for the rest of the NFL. You know, I, I think that Jameis Winston has opportunity to prove himself. Uh, I, I just think that we, we shouldn't be too high or too low on Jameis. But I do think that we need to have uh, objectivity when it comes to Jameis Winston. We should uh, not look at him as the, you know, the hope or all that kind of stuff. I just think that we just need to focus on him, you know, being the best quarterback he can be at this particular time. And sometimes we got to take the good with the bad. I think that we just need to woo side a little bit. I think some people are just ready to evaluate this guy based on if he throws a touchdown or interception, but you got to just let it, let it marinate, you know, like just, let's just see how things turn out. Might start off slow, might start off fast and then slow, but Let's give this guy an opportunity to, if he do, if he becomes the starter, let's give him an opportunity to build his resume. And let's not be so quick to judge if he makes a mistake or, you know what I'm saying, like if he does something just so spectacular. Let's give it an opportunity to kind of fester and then we come up with a with our conclusion. But as for me, I'm just, I'm just kind of, you know what I'm saying, leveled when it comes to that. You know, I look, I understand that going into this season – there is going to be a drop in quarterback play, you know, when it comes to playing a position because Drew Brees played the position at such a high level. And we have become accustomed to seeing Drew Brees play at such a high level. Now, anybody that doesn't play on the level of Drew Brees or close to it, we judge them very, very harshly. So I think the first thing we have to do rather is taste them a James, understand that it's not Drew Brees. And we shouldn't judge them like that. But we should judge them on, you know, guys that are learning a system, that are starting to be a quarterback in a new system and allow them to develop as quarterbacks before we start really just chewing them out. OK, I understand that we we get a little antsy and we want results real quick. But if you've been watching Saints football over the last four years, you understand that sometimes those early results don't really matter. And sometimes we should be looking at the later result like winning playoff games that's just me winston got everybody doubting the saints and that's fine you know and that's fine because you know it's it's good sometimes official young nola to fly under the radar sometimes it's good to fly under the radar sometimes sometimes you know it's good to not make much noise you know like i'm pretty sure some of you probably already see american gangster right y'all seen that part where uh denzel you know, came up in there playing a role of Frank Lucas and he pulls his brother to the side. His brother was hanging out with Nicky Barnes and, you know, he pulled him into a room and he said, you know, he talked about his suit. You know, it was a loud suit, you know, like it, it was all festive and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Frank Lucas, he was, you know, just a, you know, clean cut guy. You know what I'm saying? Black suit, don't really pay that much attention. He pulled his, his uh, brother into the room and what did he say to him? He said, 
the loudest person in the room is the most guiltiest person in the room. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody going to have eyes on you because of this suit. Sometimes, you know, you don't need eyes on you. Sometimes you got to fly under the radar. Think about this, man. Think about how, you know what I'm saying, how Frank Lucas got tripped up. It's because he wore that mink coat to the fight, right? And everybody was like wondering why was he at, how did this guy get on this $20,000 mink coat? And all of a sudden, he went from the bottom of the list to the top of the list, right? And sometimes it's good to fly under the radar when nobody noticed you so you can just do your thing, right? And then when when you get to the championship, then everybody can be like, oh, you know what I'm saying? They really was for real. So sometimes it's not it's not good just to be the loudest person in the room. You know, I'd rather be the most effective person in the room. That, that, that's just how I work. So it, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, let's see. Stan Varese said, yo, TJ, I just want you to know I'm cool with fart talk. So if he, I'll be ripping them uh, super chats, uh, you doing our interview, go ahead and read it. I'll answer the question. <laughs> uh, nah, I mean, look, check this out. I, I, you know, I love, I'll be ripping them, but at the same time, like we want guests to come back. You know what I'm saying? We, we understand you, but if I was to pull up a comment like that, might give people the wrong idea and think we, you know, you know, this, you know, they'll get the wrong idea. Uh, Chris says, I will never forget the pick six Jenkins on Tom Brady. He jumped that out route, and uh, I even saw him running to pick it. Yeah, man. I mean, look, Janoris Jenkins is a very instinctive player. I mean, he, he's one of those guys that's up there, man, as, as one of the top guys when it comes to pick sixes. So, He's a really good cornerback, man. So Tennessee, they got themselves something. It's not like this guy is not going to be able to contribute. Now, I know people like, man, he's getting old, this, that, and the third, but he still can play. Smith not the answer, bro, for number two receiver. I don't care what nobody say. Well, look, um, Traquan Smith is a contributor. Uh, he, he does a really good job at what he does. He's a really good blocker. He's really good in red zone situations. He's a really good down the field threat. I, I just think that a lot of the things that Traquan Smith is good at, the Saints couldn't utilize due to the fact that Drew Brees kind of in the twilight of his career and he couldn't really utilize it. I feel like if if we're looking at Traquan Smith, I feel like there he he can be a really good third down type guy. You know, third and four. I think he can be that guy that you can you know you can put out there that can get you that first down. Like he, he's a tough guy, but also, you know, he's a guy that can fly. He, he's fast. I, I think he, a lot of people don't think that he's that fast, but he, he's really fast. And I'm, I'm interested to see, like, I'm, I'm not going to just kick guys and dismiss them, you know, because, you know, they haven't shown me something because I mean, honestly, my question is when it comes to Traquan Smith, what, what are you looking for? You know what I'm saying? Like, what what are you looking for? Are you looking for him to be Antonio Brown? Are you looking? Were you looking for him to put up Julio type stats? Were you were you looking for him to be Brandon Cooks? Uh, what what were you actually looking for? You know, to me, uh, I think that the stats that he put up, for the exception of him being injured, I think pretty good. I mean, five touchdowns. I mean, he's had what five touchdowns in the last three seasons, even though he's been hurt. Uh, you know, average between about four to six hundred yards a, a season. So if he was to stay healthy, who knows? And, and now you have a guy that can actually throw the ball down the field. That's something that that Traquan Smith can actually thrive in. 
So I think that we'll probably see more out of Traquan Smith now that you have a quarterback that can give him the ball and utilize his strengths. The only the only thing I would encourage people to do that's kind of skeptical about Traquan Smith is to tell you to go look at him when he was playing for Central Florida and, and look at some of the things that he was doing and then ask yourself the question, would he be able to do this when Drew Brees was the quarterback towards the twilight of his career? That's that's all I'm asking. But besides that, I mean, look, Sean Payton loves a wide receiver that can block. He Because a lot of the, what the Saints do, they like to get on out on the barriers, you know what I'm saying, on outsides and with the, with the toss and the stretch plays. They like to do that with Alvin Kamara. And when you're doing that, you need those wide receivers that can block those cornerbacks in order for – those running backs to find lanes, especially like when they get past the first first two levels. Now you're relying on these wide receivers to push these guys back in order to spring the, one, the running back into the end zone. So he does a really good job there. So being a wide receiver, I know it's about, you know, fancy catches and all that kind of stuff. That 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 stuff is what we love. But it's also about doing the third dirty work as well. You know, like we, we got to we got to know that, you know, I, I know like. We, we want these guys to be flashy, but sometimes, you know, you want that guy that can be that solid blocker. I just think that's what Sean Payton loves. That's the reason why you see guys on the, on the uh, field, guys like little Jordan Humphreys, because they're above average blockers as receivers. So I, I say give them a chance and, and see. And also just check out some of his Central Florida highlights and, and tell me, you know, do you believe that the, the skill set that he possessed at Central Florida and some of the things that he did well, can you see Drew Brees putting him in that position? Because at this at that particular time, over the last couple of years, I can't see that. TJ, the Clippers are the Falcons of the NBA, want to be the Lakers so bad, just like the Falcons want to be us. <laughs> well, I don't think the Clippers want to be the Lakers. Uh, I just think that the Clippers want to uh, – I guess they want to separate themselves from the Lakers. I don't know if anybody ever went to a Clippers game. I actually had an opportunity to go a couple years back, but when the Clippers play, like they, they take all of the Lakers banners because you know, they both play in the Staples center. They take the Lakers banners and they cover them, you know, like they, they don't want anything that resembles the Lakers there. So when the Clippers play, they cover all that stuff up. So it, it seems like to me, it's almost like that, that, yeah, I, I can understand. It's almost like that 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 big brother, little brother dynamic. I, I often say this on the show, and I told this story before. It's like when I went to college with my my big brother EJ. Uh, my freshman year, I went to Dillard University, right? Shouts out to everybody that went to Dillard. Shouts out to them Blue Devils. Uh, but you know, my brother at the time was a senior, and my brother pretty much established himself. People knew who he was. People recognized him because my brother is an artist he used to paint he used to have these these one-man shows and have all this different stuff in the gallery people show up and it, it was like i was always known as lil emmanuel that's my brother's real name sorry ej but uh <laughs> but everybody would call me lil emmanuel i would go like it, it, it had an advantages now like when i go to the gym people would pick me on like man i got lil Lily Manuel and stuff like that. We go play pickup basketball, but all of a sudden it just became like so annoying, right? It became so annoying. And I'm like, man, I need my own identity here, man. I appreciate it. But everybody kept calling me Lily Manuel. And I'm like, nah, that's not what I want. But, you know, it just so happens that I was able to uh, 
shred that you know what i'm saying shed that, that that stigma or that title because i ended up leaving dillard going to jackson state and i was able to establish my own identity for some of the things that i did there so i can understand if you're, you're the clippers you're trying to uh, disassociate yourself from the lakers but at the same time you know like the lakers got that star power so i can understand why they're trying to do it but it's just hard to do especially because it's the the freaking lakers like Come on, man. Magic, Kareem, Shaq, Kobe. You know, like, come on, man. Like, the, I mean, Showtime. It's hard to compete against that. You know, it's hard to compete against those Lakers, man. It's too much, it's too much prestige, too much uh, legacy going on here, man. I mean, a freaking logo is a guy that played for the Lakers. Kind of hard to shred that, you know, say, uh, shed that, that, that identity, you know. Lattimore might ball out this year. Uh, I hope he gets a lot of interceptions like he did his rookie season. They had people saying he's better than Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I don't know if he will ever be better than Jalen Ramsey. I, I just, that's just what I believe. I just think that Jalen Ramsey is better, but he, he can be like, you know, top three, top five cornerbacks in the league. I just think that he just needs to stay consistent and, and, you're emerging now as being one of those guys that's that's the leader on the team like now you're going into your fifth season i mean you you got to be able to ball out got to be able to ball out man and um i just think he has to stay consistent that's just his only issue like Lattimore can play it's just staying focused and i mean he's a person that that agrees and has has spoken on it about you know his, his attention to detail and staying focused and how for three quarters the ball don't come his way and sometimes he becomes lackadaisical you know that that happens when you feel like nobody's going to try you but if he can stay focused i think he'll be just fine he definitely has top three top five talent when it comes to being a corner mike detilla already asked aaron Rodgers directly if there's a chance we see him in a black and gold aaron said that's very unlikely yeah i mean uh, doesn't surprise me at all you know I, I i just don't i don't see that i don't see him doing it i i can tell you what people want him to go they want him to go to denver extremely bad and to me you know i just feel like you know people want to see him in denver because it's that great dynamic the fact that you got the chiefs and you got the Chargers in that same division right so you can hype up that 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 matchup that prime time matchup that you know you know, the, the matchup they, they always want. You know, it's always a comparison when it comes to arm talent. Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. I think that's the reason why they're looking at the Denver Broncos because they want him to go there so they can be able to, you know, put that matchup together. And then you got a young Justin Herbert out there who is extremely talented as well. So, I mean, ooh, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of people, you know, looking at that and like, okay, you know, okay. You know, they, they can do something with that. So they definitely want him to go to Denver so they can put those matchups together between him and Patrick Mahomes. And they, they'll play each other twice. The NFL will be in heaven. He's also uh, good against the run, man. I wish our Saints uh, got him. Yeah. But Saints got some pretty good tacklers uh, in, in the secondary. They got some good tacklers. Like Marshawn Lattimore is a good tackler. Paulson Deboy is a good tackler. Uh, you got some guys that can tackle, man. I mean, you know that C.J. Gardner-Johnson can tackle. P.J. Williams can tackle. It's just the coverage-type uh, issues that he has. So they got some good tacklers out there. Terrence says, T.J., 
who do you personally think is a very the very best person the Saints have? I think Amari is the number one player overall. Um, the the number one player to me, uh, the number one player to me is Ryan Ramchick. Ryan Ramchick is the best Saints player they have. But I know a lot of people don't pay attention to that because he's on the offensive line, and we don't pay attention to the offensive line. But to me, Ryan Ramchick is the best player because I'm I'm gonna tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Ryan Ramchek leaves a game with a concussion. He leaves. I don't know. I can't remember what game this was, but he leaves a game with a concussion. I mean, the Saints were like going up and down the field on their opponent. When Ryan Ramchek left the game and they put, they put, uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but they put a backup offensive line in. I can't remember if it was, uh, what's this dude's name? I can't think of this guy, Edrich or whatever his name is, but they put him in. I mean, a guy was out there getting mowed over. I mean, they could not do nothing. They could not run the ball to the right side at all. They they could not run to the right side at all. You know what I'm saying? Like that to me shows me like how beneficial and how important this guy is to the team. Now, when Alvin Kamara was out, the Saints were still able to run a football when I seen Alvin Kamara go and, and have COVID and had to miss the Carolina Panthers game, I still seen Ty Montgomery run for 100 yards. When when Latavius Murray was out there, I seen Latavius Murray run for over 100 yards uh, versus the Chicago Bears when Alvin Kamara didn't play. I seen him run for over 100 yards when they played the Denver Broncos last season. So not to say that Alvin Kamara isn't important because he's extremely important, but to me, to me the number one guy – is Ryan Ramchick. I think Ryan Ramchick to me is the be- the number one New Orleans Saint. But like I said, we don't pay attention to offensive linemen because it's not a flashy position. It's not a position that gets all the press clippings. It's boring. You know, like nobody really pay attention to the offensive linemen unless they're doing something wrong. Like we don't talk about how good Andrews Pete is because he's blocking really well. We we talk about Andrews Pete when he's on the ground. So they don't really get that much attention. But to me, Ryan Ramchick is the best. He's number one to me. I'm looking at it from uh I'm looking at it from an important standpoint. Like to me, if Alvin Kamara leaves the game, the Saints still uh can be effective running the football. You leave Ryan Ramp, if you take Ryan Ram check out, you're gonna see uh you're gonna see a huge difference. You're gonna see a huge difference. So Lattimore Achilles Hill is falling asleep against lesser receivers. Always step up for the star wide house consistency. Yeah, I mean, that's why one of the reasons why he's one of the best in the NFC South, because the NFC South at this particular time has some of the best talent at the wide receiver position. That's why against NFC South teams, his numbers are up here. He goes anywhere else, it's kind of lackadaisical, you know, like so. I just think that he just needs to stay focused. And I like Lattimore. A lot of, man, y'all know that. You know, I, I'm a I'm a huge fan of Marshawn Lattimore. You know, good solid dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you know, sometimes you know you fall asleep and you get beat. So yeah. Colorado says, How was your day? Uh mine was good. Okay, that's that's good, Colorado. Mine was pretty good. You know, no complaints here. Uh went to the station earlier today and you know, did a little work there and you know, you know, came home and, you know, played with my son and my wife got home a little bit late. So, I mean, besides that, man, everything was fine. 
Had a really good day. Casual Deck said, do you believe that Peyton Turner can surprise everybody and be up there with Cameron Jordan and Ayumata in sacks and tackles for lows? Here's the thing. I don't think it would be a surprise. Uh, it's just the fact that nobody really knew anything about him. Like, I, I would be lying to you if I said that I thought that this guy would be a New Orleans Saint upon me talking on this show. I mean, I never really heard of the guy. I mean, I heard... I heard of him after the draft, of course, because I had to do my due diligence, but I didn't know that much about him. So for me to say that he could not do anything or he can do anything, I mean, it was just me being trying to give a hot take. I got a lot of confidence in the guy because the Saints have, have shown me that they do a really good job at drafting players. I mean, we can get mad all we want to. And yes, I was mad on draft night and I was just as confused as you all because I felt like the Saints need a cornerback more so than anything else. But they have proven that they do a really good job at evaluating talent. So as a fan of the New Orleans Saints, I mean, I cannot get mad. I, I cannot get angry. You know, I cannot get angry at the fact that the New Orleans Saints picked him. So I expect for him to go out there and play well, especially since he's a, a number one pick. So. I expect for him to have a solid season. Do I expect for him to lead the league in sacks? No, absolutely not. I don't I don't expect for him to lead the league in sacks, but I expect for him to do his job when he comes in. And I expect to see some growth and, and some flashes of, of talent early in his career. Love to see that. Uh, Pete is a big soda machine with wheels. Always get pushed around. <laughs> Look, I think that Andrews Pete is probably going to have his best season as a Saint. And, and the reason why is because Andrews Pete is a better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. And, and something tells me that the New Orleans Saints are going to put a lot of emphasis on running the football to help out Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, whoever is the starting quarterback this season. So I think that's going to play into the strength of Andrews Pete. Andrews Pete has always been a good run blocker, even when he was in college, because even though Stanford ran a pro-style offense, they still ran a football a lot. And Andrews Pete, who played left tackle, uh, was a mauler. So, I mean, I think it's going to play to his strengths. And I think that that's something that that we're going to see. We're going to see Andrews Pete improve because I feel like the Saints are going to put lot, a lot more emphasis on running the football. Because in, in, in this particular situation, why would you? You know what I'm saying? Why wouldn't you run the football? Why would you not run the football? And, and Sean Payton, we all know that Sean Payton has his picks and chooses, and he, and he has guys that he believes in. And when he believes in a guy, he doesn't care what anybody says. He's going to ride that guy. Last year, it was Drew Brees. I mean, we've seen it in the Chicago Bears game. Drew Brees threw the ball about 40 times in that game. You know what I'm saying? He had, what, about 20, 25 attempts in the first half. And we're just wondering, like, why are y'all not running the football? Why y'all keep throwing the football all over the place? It's because of the confidence he had in Drew. And now that Drew is gone, you have to look at the fact that how, you know what I'm saying, like, who do I trust the most? Who I feel like he trusts the most as of right now offensively is Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas. So if I'm looking at the guy under center, well, I mean, Jameis Winston is the guy who's throwing a football to Michael Thomas, so it's a dependable position. I'm going to hand the ball off to a guy that I trust in Alvin Kamara. So to me, I think that you have to put it in his hands. So I think with that, 
Andrews Pete might have a really good season as a run blocker. Ethan Greenwich, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I couldn't think of his name. Yeah, but he was he he wasn't he he was getting mauled out there. I agree about Ryan. Uh, those guys don't get enough recognition. It, it's the truth, you know. Like nobody really pay attention to the offensive line unless they're doing something horrible or they just do something that just outrageously spectacular. Like when uh Teron Armstead blocked the guy all the way out of bounds. Like it's very rare that you see guys you know get the recognition on the offensive line. We we all talk about how we need these guys, but we don't give these guys any type of appreciation until they're, you know, on their way out the door or they're negotiating a contract or they do something terrible. You know, then we want to talk about it. But Ryan Ranchek to me is the best New Orleans Saint player. Like Barton, hands down to me. Okay. I, I feel like he's the most important uh player at his position. I've seen the Saints, I've seen the Saints lose guys on the offensive line and another guy come in and they don't miss a beat when ryan ramchek went out that game i mean guys were out there getting mauled they could like they could not run to the right side with that being said that tells me everything that i need to know i've seen guys catch passes when michael thomas wasn't there i've seen guys run the football well when alvin Kamara wasn't there i've seen guys play the quarterback position you know what i'm saying like when drew Brees wasn't there and I, I just feel like Ryan Ramchek is the best New Orleans Saint player. That's just my opinion. Uh, let's see. Stroll down a little bit more. But thank you, Julie. I appreciate that. Kimo says, who that family? Kind of late, but I'm here. Kimo with just answering questions, having a subscription party. Those that are checking out the State of the Saints podcast have not subscribed yet. I encourage you to do so. If you're late, go ahead and give your boy a thumbs up. Tell me. You know, tell everybody um, how you how you appreciate the State of the Saints podcast. Really wouldn't enjoy if you all just give State of the Saints podcast a thumbs up for support. Um, State of the Saints podcast brought to you by Manscaped.com. Use the promo code State of Saints. That's all one word in lowercase letters. You will save 20% off of your purchase of the Lawnmower 4.0. Let me grab it real quick. Lawnmower 4.0 is available right now. Online at manscaped.com. Use that promo code. You save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0, as well as other Manscaped items. There's free international shipping uh, for those that are across the pond and around the world. So you don't have to worry about that. So thank you, Manscaped, for being an official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. I really do appreciate that. And now let's get back to the questions. Culinary Kid82 says, Do you believe? We have a true number two receiver. I don't and still think we need to grab someone in free agency or trades. Um, I would have to see. I would have to see what the Saints can actually do. Once again, um, I don't know if you you just got here, uh, culinary kids, but my, my whole thing was this. Um, I think that the New Orleans Saints uh, had limitations at the quarterback position over the last couple of years. And because of that, Guys couldn't utilize their strengths. Here's the thing, right? When you think about the Saints back in 2009, 2010, you know, around that time frame, who was the number one receiver? It was Marcus Coastal. But ask yourself this. Who was the number two receiver? Who was the guy that you can be like, man, Marcus Coastal getting locked up? Who was the number two? To me, there was no number two. I mean, Lance Moore was the third down guy. Robert Meacham, Derry Henderson was the, the wide out guys. 
You had Pierre Thomas catching the ball out of the backfield. Uh, you know, I mean, Benjamin Watson or, you know, Jeremy Shockey or David Thomas, like these guys, you know, like Drew Brees would spread the ball around. He would spread the ball around to a point where it's like, you didn't even think about a number two receiver. But as Drew Brees got older and his, his arm strength started to diminish, that's when it became so noticeable because now the guys that had that certain type of strength, like a, a Deontay Harris who can take the top off the defense while I can't get the ball down the field, guys like Traquan Smith who can also fly, I can't get the ball to him. So it was a lot of short intermediate throws. So you start to look at other guys, guys that can run those short intermediate routes and stuff like that. So I feel like with Jameis Winston, you can go back to the Saints golden ages when it comes to the quarterback position and being that greatest show on turf type mentality. Now you have guys that can go out there and fly. And I don't feel like having that number two receiver would be that big of a deal. I mean, because be, be real, like who was the number two receiver when when Marcus Colston was the number one receiver? I couldn't tell you because I'm looking at I'm looking at Devery Henderson making plays. I'm looking at Robert Meacham making plays. I'm looking at Lance Moore making plays. Um, you know what I'm saying? I'm looking at Pierre Thomas making plays, David Thomas making plays, Jeremy Shockey making plays, uh Benjamin Watson making plays. I, I it was it it was just like an embarrassment of riches. It, it you know, and it was just a bunch of guys. It was just, you know, like that's that's the reason why people value Drew Brees so much. They talk about Oh, he had these many passes to eight to nine different receivers. I mean, I'm just saying we only pay attention to the number two because it was painstakingly obvious that every pass was to Michael Thomas. And it was because Michael Thomas was running these short intermediate routes really well. But when you have a smaller guy like Deontay Harris, who probably getting jammed on the line and you have a guy like Traquan Smith, who was a really good blocker, but you're a little bit delayed when it comes to the footwork. It's hard for those guys to get off there. So all you have to do is just focus on Michael Thomas because you know the ball ain't going over your head. Not not all the time, like how you would see a Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers if a guy is open. So to me, looking at the number two receiver spot, I just feel like it can go back to those times where we didn't really care <laughs> who was the number two receiver because now you have to look at you got to look at like, you know, man, if I if I go at Michael Thomas double cover, then Deontay Harris about to, you know, take the top off this one on one and he going to score. So, I mean, think about it, though. Who was the number two receiver? Who was the guy if Marcus Colson was getting double covered? You, you was like, man, this man about to go out here and ball out. I mean, you'll see, you know, Mark Cole get double covered. You'll see Lance Moore probably go for 100. One week, you see Meacham go for a hundred. Next week, you see Devin Henderson go for a hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it was like wide receiver by committee. I think sometimes we forget that because, like I said, we, it's so it was so much emphasis on Drew Brees' arm strength that it kind of clouded us and made us forget about when Drew Brees was in his prime. There was no really no number two receiver, and that, that's why people loved him. That's why people loved Drew Brees, because he was distributing the ball. It's a joke that we say here on the State of the Saints podcast. If the cotton candy man was open, he'll throw him the football. Remember that, though, folks. 
Damien said, awesome day today. Uh, got big Q today and a blessing getting two TJ Jones shows today. I feel like a made man today. I appreciate that, Damien. Thank you, man. And uh, thank you for being here. I don't know if you're at work or not, man, but if you are, be careful out there. Uh, Chance says, a word about the lack of a true number two receiver, Traquan, Deontay, and Marquez not doing it for me. I mean, I, I just pretty much explained why I'm not as concerned. No chance, man. I understand why you feel that way, but all I would say is to go back to those days when Drew Brees had that that arm strength and that ability to distribute the ball out there, no matter if you were 10 yards, 15 yards, 20-plus yards, he was able to get you the football. So remember those days, you know, when the Saints really, like, it was just wide receiver by committee. We knew that uh, Marcus Colston was the number one receiver, but we didn't know who was the number two or number three. They didn't have one. I mean, I encourage anybody to tell me who was the number two receiver that we knew that we can count on if if, if Mike if, if Marcus Colson was getting locked up. If you look at the stats, it, it would just whoever was hot, whoever was hot that day, whoever was open, whoever was whoever was taking the top off the defense, whoever was out there, you know, making guys look ridiculous that wasn't Marcus Colson, that was the guy that week. We need to get Ram check his roses. Uh, while he's young and we still got him uh, what a great draft pick yeah i mean those wisconsin guys those guys know how to block <laughs> travis frederick is another guy a guy for the cowboys i still believe uh, we should have at least two or maybe three super bowl titles but the defense choked a lot in the past games not to mention that bs no call chris that's a good point i can understand your frustration because i'm as frustrated as you I'm a podcast host, but I'm a Saints fan, and that's the reason why this is called the State of the Saints podcast. And I can understand how you feel. I echo your sentiments, but here's the reality, okay? In the words of Jim Moore, who just celebrated a birthday a couple of days ago, and want to wish uh, Coach a happy birthday, by the way, a uh, happy belated birthday, but he would say woulda, shoulda, coulda, right? Woulda, shoulda, coulda, but that's not what happened. That That wasn't the reality for the new Orleans saints, you know, things just seem to happen at the worst time, but the best thing about it is I still believe in this coaching staff. I still believe in their ability to get the job done. I still believe that the front office does a really good job at evaluating talent. Uh, there's a reason why guys are trying to pilfer this front office and trying to make uh, this front office a little bit of part of their teams, wherever NFL teams, they, you know, you know, decides to, you know, Look at the New Orleans Saints. There's a reason why, you know, they're a really good front office. And I believe in these guys and I believe whatever going on and whatever happens with the New Orleans Saints, the front office will get the job done. So I'm just naive enough to believe that. I feel like uh, a, a lot of it had a lot to do with the fact that, you know, a lot of people believe that Drew Brees could get the Saints over that hump. I feel like Drew Brees body kind of broke down on him i think that drew Brees gave it the old college try and, and tried to do the best that he could to to try to get over that hump but like they say man you know the the, the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak you know like everybody has an expiration date and unfortunately drew Brees has ran out and you know i think a lot of people were depending on drew Brees to deliver them to the promised land i think that's the philosophy we have as saints fans we we're we think that Drew Brees, uh, you know, is the is all and be all. Justifiably so. He was for several years with the New Orleans Saints. But it came a time where the New Orleans Saints had to depend on one another more so than Drew Brees. And they just couldn't get the job done. 
Uh, and I just think that it was just too little too late. I feel like the New Orleans Saints, uh, in my honest opinion, I feel like they waited a little bit too long to put a defense around him. I think that Sean Payton uh, took a little bit too long to dismiss some of the friends that he had that was on his coaching staff. Uh, sometimes I feel like Sean Payton is a little bit too loyal to a fault and it costs the team. Like I, I understand that it, it, to be a coach, you have to be extremely loyal. You got to believe in your players. You got to believe in your front office. And I know, understand like over the course of time, you develop friendships and you start thinking about these guys, families, and you probably went over to your house and vice versa. And you're sitting and burning a midnight all together, watching film and eating pizza and stuff like that and laughing and joking and watching each other kids grow up but at the same time it's a business and i just feel like they took a little bit too long in order to change the culture in new orleans when it came to the coaching staff when it came to the players when it came to putting a team around drew Brees, when it came to the scouting team i just feel like they waited way too long to find guys like jeff ireland to find guys like kai harley to allow guys like terry Fontenot to you know what I'm saying, to move up and stuff like that. I feel like they waited too long uh, to get guys like Dennis Allen back in the organization, get guys like Mike Nolan. They still was messing around with Joe Vittenham and Lombardi and all them other cats, you know, that end up going to the Rams. And it was just too long, man. And I just feel like if it was around 2013, 2014, and you start to see a little bit of transition, if you start to get guys like Jeff Ireland, if you started to get guys that were really good at evaluating talent, then we probably wouldn't be in this position. So I just feel like they took too long. So that's the reason, one, I, I can't really truly blame Drew Brees. His body just gave up on him. But I do I do feel like there's a, a piece of the pie that all of them got to ship. But I have to say that Sean Payton waited too long to get rid of, of his buddies. And that's what cost the Saints. Like, if, I, if you really want to be honest, that's what really cost the Saints. Because the Saints had to get rid of a lot of people. And some people would say, well, Drew Brees, what about that $100 million deal he had? At that particular time, Drew Brees deserved his money. That's just what it is, folks. He deserved his money. But it's not Drew Brees' fault. It's the coaching staff fault for not putting guys around him to be successful. And they waited too long to try to fix some of those issues. That's reality. That's the reason why we sit here today only having one Super Bowl back in 2009 when the Saints, uh, like uh, like Chris just said, you know, they should have had about two or three Super Bowls. But you live and you learn, right? You live and you learn. Jamal says KJ Wright is still out there. Jamal, I think you said that earlier, man. Um, I think on the last show. I caught it late. But, yeah, he's still out there. KJ Wright is a really good linebacker, solid linebacker. Um Guy that's as, as good in coverage, and, and he's a short tackler. So maybe the Saints will take a look at him. But, I mean, look, training camp is just around the corner. That's when you start to see phone calls being made. Unfortunately, injuries happen at training camp. And, you know, agents tell these guys like K.J. Wright to stay in shape because you never know when your number is going to be called. Ramsey Ward says, hey, T.J., are there a lot of who that uh, family members in South Carolina? Uh, when I was in the Navy and stationed, at the naval base in Charleston 20 years ago, there were many. There weren't many. Well, I do know there's a, a Saints fan group uh, in, in in Charleston because they've asked me and, and invited me uh, to certain things, you know, in Charleston. I haven't gotten the opportunity to go, 
but they, they do have a fan club out there in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, don't really see too many. Don't really see too many Saints fans around this way, like Myrtle Beach and stuff like that. But, you know, Myrtle Beach is a, a melting pot. People come from the East Coast, Philadelphia, Boston, New York. They move down to Myrtle Beach. A lot of older people, they come down here and retire because they got so many golf courses out here. But now Myrtle Beach is kind of turning into like a, you know, family uh, type town. You know, there's houses being built all over, you know, not, not to brag or boast or anything like that. The neighborhood I stay in, I mean, houses are being built. This, these neighborhoods are being built. Um, I was fortunate enough and blessed enough, you know, this house, you know, that we have was actually built from the ground up. So this, this is like a brand new area. And if you go outside my house, you'll see the next block people building houses on the next block. And if you go like down the street, down the road, there's new neighborhoods popping up everywhere. But as far as the Saints, uh, not really. You have a lot of people who are honest. They're, they're Cowboy fans. You know, you don't really have too many Carolina Panthers fans around here. Not too many. Not, not too many I've seen. But like I said, I mean, you got people from everywhere. So you got Giants fans. You got Eagles fans. You got football team fans. You know, it's a melting pot. And I had high hopes for him too, Jamal. Uh, see Reggie Bush. I don't know exactly um, what we're talking about here. Um, I don't know what we're talking about in regards to Reggie Bush. I'm not sure. Uh, TJ Wright. Greg says I'm right. Uh, I appreciate. <laughs> I don't know what I'm right about exactly because I guess I'm scrolling down a little bit. I, I'm, I'm reaching that point where I don't know what topic I discussed, and I don't know what you all are commenting on, but. Culinary says, I hear you, but we don't have Drew anymore. Maybe we need a number two now more than ever to make him comfortable. Well, look, culinary kid, that, that's what I that's what I'm saying. Like, we have to eliminate this philosophy. Like, we like I, I feel, you know, culinary, and I'm not calling you a hypocrite. Please don't take this like as if I'm calling you a hypocrite. But I am saying it is very hypocritical for us as Saints fans to get mad at other fans because they tell us that we're not going to be nothing without Drew Brees. But then we'll talk about all the things the Saints need because they ain't got Drew Brees. I think that's kind of hypocritical to me because what you're saying is the Saints are going to be okay to other fans. But what you're saying when you start to like talk about, oh, they need this, they need that. It's kind of like you saying, you're kind of re- re- reaffirming what those guys are actually saying, because you're saying that ah, we can't we're we going to be OK, but we do need this over here. No, no, no. I, I feel like the Saints are going to be fine. I think the Saints are going to be fine because, I, like I said, I trust the coaching staff. And I just think that we need to understand that things are going to be just fine. Like, I, I, I really believe that Sean Payton is embracing this situation because just like any coach, they like new challenges. And just like any other coach, they have an ego and trust and believe they have Sean Payton and Drew Brees can joint at the hip when it comes to legacy and history. You don't think it meant the world to Tom Brady that he won a Super Bowl without Belichick. You don't think Belichick is chomping at the bit ticked off if you will, to try to possibly win a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. Like these guys, you know, they they work together, but trust and believe these guys have egos and they want to win. 
and they want to win without the guy they think that people are saying that brought them to the show. So he's embracing this. And I just feel like he's going to do everything in his power to make sure if it's Taysom, Ian, Jameis, whoever is the player that's going to be the quarterback, that they, he puts them in a position to succeed. And one thing that we can say about Sean Payton when it comes to the quarterback position, and we've seen this with, with Teddy, we've seen it with Taysom, we've seen it with Drew. He puts these guys in a position of comfort. What these guys do well, he expands that playbook and he plays to their strengths. He don't go out here and ask these guys to do something that they lack and they're weak at. He takes what they do well. He comes up with a game plan and he finds ways to make that skill set successful for the Saints. So with that being said, I feel like the Saints are going to be just fine, but we got to be careful who that nation. We got to be careful because it is very, to me, it's very hypocritical for us to get on other teams about them saying that we're not going to be nothing without Drew. And we act as if we're not going to be nothing without Drew. We got to be careful with that. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Everybody entitled to their opinion, but I'm just saying we got to be careful with that because if you're talking to a, a, a smart fan of a team, they'll catch you up on it and they'll be justif- justifiably slow because you're, you're basically saying that you're not going to be anything without true. That's what they're saying to you. So be careful with that. So. Uh, hey, TJ, my birthday is tomorrow, and I'm thinking about rewatching the Saints game uh, from last uh, season. Uh, which one uh, would you recommend? Mm. <laughs> if I could think about one, probably the Detroit Lions game. Detroit Lions game probably was the best game. They they went down 14 to nothing, came all the way back. I think that was a that was a pretty good game. Uh uh, that's the only one I can really just think about right now, you know, that, that's worth watching, you know, that, that seemed like it was competitive and exciting, you know. Uh, also, uh, I would have to say that that uh, Los Angeles Chargers game, too. That Los Angeles Chargers game was was exciting, too. They won in overtime. State of the Saints podcast. I uh, love the new setup in the background, TJ. Well, I appreciate that, man. Uh, just decided to take the green screen down. Didn't feel like it was necessary to use. I mean, uh, I think I bring it back, you know, occasionally. But I actually like this setup right here, man. I got the light on. I feel like the, the show is a little bit more colorful. I mean, y'all already know Paxton going to come up in here whenever he want to anyways. So. <laughs> you rather have the green screen up or not, so. What up, TJ, the host? T-Dirty, what's going on, man? Appreciate you stopping by. I'm going to scroll down a little bit, folks, because I want to make sure. I know we got some some different names I haven't seen yet. Uh, But I'm going to get to those. But let's go back to Damien. Damien says, hey, TJ, I noticed you said you haven't uh, had our home uh, cooked food in a while. Uh, When the hell are you coming back uh, to your mama's son cooking? (laughs) Uh, Honestly, you know, I'm supposed to be visiting New Orleans. Um, I'm probably going to end up visiting New Orleans like really, really soon. Like, you know, probably going to come down there for a game. Most likely, I'm going to come down there for a game. And now that you know, you know, we we starting to like 
taper off when it comes to like these these COVID restrictions. I'll be doing a little bit more traveling. So definitely gonna try to get down there uh to New Orleans and I definitely gonna come to a game uh this season. I'm gonna come to a game. Uh the Saints are uh the most pathetic franchise in the NFL. Uh Drewson, I, I don't I don't agree with that. Um I think some troll work is is among us, uh, but I just go ahead and uh, you know humor this. I don't think they're the most pathetic team in the, in the NFL. I think there's a lot more teams that you would consider pathetic, um, but you know I don't think the Saints are the most pathetic. But thank you for being here, though, man. If you're new to the channel, go ahead and subscribe, and you know feel free to do so. Free said, uh, "Gotta love the haters paying attention to the Saints." Uh, I don't have no problem with that, man. It just shows you how, how good the show is, you know, <laughs> it's so, it's, it's so good that, you know, even people that's not fans of the saints can't help but to stop by. And I'm appreciative of that. You know, I'm appreciative of it. Glenn says, have you heard anything about the new upgrades to the dome and the new sponsor? Uh, no, I have not, have not heard anything about that yet. I'm pretty sure something is going to come, come out pretty soon. When that happens, uh, I'll definitely do a show about it. Uh, Mocha says Christmas AK. Yeah, I mean, Christmas AK, a beast. Alino says we will be all right. Who that? We believe that. I mean, who that? We that believe that. Yeah, I think we'll be fine. I don't have an issue. Ryan says, why doesn't Sean value the wide receiver position? His system works, but you need talent to go with it. I know he has found success with undrafted free agents, et cetera, but still. Uh, look, I don't think he don't value the wide receiver position. I just think that Sean Payton has a system that he believes that works. Uh, look, just because he don't go for the flashy guy and the guy that everybody just loves and just the, the sure number one guy, I, I don't think that he doesn't value that position because, you know, every guy that he puts in that position, they, they excel. You know, the issue is when those guys go other places. Like when Devery Henderson left, went to the Redskins, wasn't didn't do nothing. Robert Meacham, when he went to the Chargers, he didn't do anything. Lance Moore, when he went to, I want to say the Lions and, and, the, and the Steelers, he really wasn't the Lance Moore that we've seen. So, I mean, Sean Payton and his coaching staff, once again, do a really good job at evaluating talent and what these guys can actually bring to the table. See, the thing about it is I think that we – we want a left left side wide receiver and a right uh, a right side wide receiver to be able to go for 150 200 yards a game, but that doesn't you know what I'm saying that doesn't equate to success. Like you seen that with Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, right? You know what I'm saying? Both of those guys was ranked like in the top five, top ten in receiving when Jameis last season before he went to uh, the Saints, they didn't make the playoffs. All of, that doesn't always tell a story. Like you look at guys out there in, in, in Dallas, right? You got Amari Cooper, you got CeeDee Lamb, you got Michael Gallup. All those guys are extremely talented. But these guys haven't made the playoffs. Like it, it doesn't always equate to, you know what I'm saying, just a, a whole bunch of success. It didn't. That big year when, when Antonio Brown had a big season and Juju Schuster had a good season back in 2018. Guess what? The Steelers didn't make the playoffs. So the system works to me. It works. I, I don't I don't have an issue with Michael Thomas being the, the dominant number one receiver. And you have guys that can do things well. Because 
don't you trust Deontay Harris as a receiver? I do. I think he's extremely talented. Marquez Callaway, I trust him. Uh, you know what I'm saying? There's, there's guys on this team giving them the opportunity. I feel like they will excel. All I'm saying is this, man. We didn't have an issue in the past about this. We didn't. When it came to Sean Payton's system, when Drew Brees can really sling that thing down the field, we didn't care about number one and number two receivers. Think about this, folks. We don't care about the spare tire until our, until our, uh, our main tire goes flat. When we started looking at, you know what I'm saying, when our tire, you know, go out, we looking for that spare tire, but we don't go out. Like nine times out of ten, most people don't check and inspect the tire, right? You know what I'm saying? We just hope that it's there. But when a tire go out, we looking, you know what I'm saying, and we're, we're concerned now, oh, man, I got to make sure that that's spare right. When we put that new tire back on there, case in point, the New Orleans Saints. When Drew Brees was out there distributing the ball to eight, nine, ten different receivers, we did not care. We did not have these type of topics. We didn't care about who was the number two receiver. What we cared about was how many points the Saints were going to put up. That's what we cared about. But now a limited Drew Brees showed us that, okay, I only can throw the ball so far. All the passes mostly going to Michael Thomas. We need a number two receiver. Do we really truly need a number two receiver like that? Or is the fact that the skill set of these guys that we have on the team is limited because our quarterback is limited. That's all I'm saying. We have not seen that just yet. Now, Ryan, I, I will concede with this. If the New Orleans Saints come out here with Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas is getting the football and there's nobody else getting open and the Saints can't throw the ball down the field, I will come on this show and say, you know what? They need a number two receiver. Ryan was right. But I am waiting and I'm, I'm ready to you know reserve my judgment until I see these guys go out here and perform with a new quarterback that's younger, that has the has different arm talent, that has the ability to get the ball down the field and make the throws that need to be made. Rather, these guys are running an out route, rather they're running his route, rather they're running a hitch and go, rather they're running a street route, rather they're running a post, a deep post, what have you. I, I want to see what these guys can actually do with a quarterback that has that has a young arm, a live arm, and as that that has that ability to get the ball down the field. If they can't get open and we're still having these same issues, then I'm all for it. But I, I'm, I'm wondering, and I think a lot of people are too, and, and you probably have to ask yourself, if Sean Payton is not worried about going out here trying to find his so-called number two receiver, then why should we be concerned? Faith says, hit the like button. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. Gabriel says, long as we can score, it don't matter what receiver steps up. True. Uh, Ghostface says, I think David Ruffin would make a good coach. <laughs> nah, man, he eat too much of a me guy. He not a we guy. <laughs> uh, get him, OG. We family here. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, Ramsey says, hey, TJ, can you see Drew coming back in a few years as our new offensive coordinator? uh uh because i can well i mean never say never but if i'm a betting man i think that uh drew Brees is most likely probably going to end up becoming like a politician or something like i think he's going to end up like running for political office i think that he that's probably going to be in his future 
you know, down the line. I don't think coaching, but if he does, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, but I really feel like probably running for office or something like that is eventually uh, in the future of Drew Brees. Lionel says our coaching staff and system brings the best out of who they have to work with every position on the field. I agree. Caleb says, I think we have potential receivers and what we have to be honest. That's the reason I don't feel like they're going out trying to just find a guy. Uh, we should use Jameis like 49ers use Jimmy uh, when they went to the Super Bowl and how the 49ers use their backs and running backs. Here's the thing. Um, if I'm a if if I can evaluate talent at the quarterback position, I just feel like Jameis Winston is a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I think that the 49ers really did a good job. I will concede to that. And having that three running back set, I mean, I think he only threw threw the ball like 10 times in the NFC championship game versus the Packers. I mean, that, that tells you everything you need to know about their running game, but I do think that uh, Jameis is, is a talented quarterback and he's on a different level when it comes to throwing a football than Jimmy is. Jimmy comes and he goes, you know what I'm saying? He comes and he goes. Um, sometimes I just feel like he can't get out of his own way sometimes. And sometimes I just feel like his confidence kind of lingers. I don't think Jameis Winston has an issue with confidence. I don't think even as bad as he played, I don't think he did. But I do think that some of the pressure – and the, the situations kind of get to Jimmy and uh, I think it costs him, but I, I'm not, I don't think the saints need to replicate what the 49ers did. And if they do, they're going to have to have a strong defense to come with it. Because if you run a football a lot, that might be, it might be a lot of three and outs in your future. So you have to have a defense to be able to make stops. And they did, they had Solomon Thomas and they had Nick Bosa out there wreaking havoc. So, Tyrone, thank you very much for the $5 uh, super stickers, super chat. Thank you so much. Uh, like Keen Arthur said, our play action going to be dangerous. Yeah. You know, and, and now you have that dynamic. Now you have now you have teams nervous about the Saints possibly throwing a ball over their head with Jameis or with Taysom or whoever. You know, now you have that dynamic. So. Ryan says, I'm on the same page with you, TJ. I'm just wondering if you think Jameis can replicate what Drew has done with the wide receiver core. Uh, Ryan, I, I really think he can. You know, I really think he I think he can do it. Um, and, and I think that Sean and, and the coaching staff do, too. You know, I know I keep on saying showing the coaching staff, but I really do. Like these, these guys, there, there's a method to their madness. Like Sean Payton, if he felt like they really needed another guy, like he would really be out here getting it. Like around this time last year, we know we had Emmanuel Sanders on the team, you know, because Emmanuel Sanders was a really good route runner. He can run those routes. He can get himself open and he kind of can play into the strengths of Drew Brees. You know, that's the reason why they didn't go out here and get a guy like a Nelson Aguilar or anything like that, because they know Nelson Aguilar was a guy that could spread the field and they knew that Drew couldn't give them that type of action when it comes to Nelson Aguilar, it would just be a waste of money at that particular point. So the fact that the new Orleans saints are trying to go young and they're not out here spending on wide receivers, this, that, and the third, I think that as saints fans, I think we should have a level of comfort because there's no way in the world. I can see Sean Payton not going out here, getting a receiver. And not having a receiver on this team right now, if they just felt like they just def- 
desperately needed a wide receiver. Kayla says, do you see AK getting the ball more this year versus last year? Uh, yes, I do. Um, definitely a, a really good utility blanket. You put the ball in his hands, magic happens. Uh, I think the Saints are going to put more emphasis on a run to help out uh, the, the starting quarterback. So, yes, I, I really do. Casual says, hey, TJ, on a different note, did you see the Winnipeg Jets got into the second round of the NHL playoffs? I'm a Nashville Preds fan, uh, but my best friend is a diehard Winnipeg fan. Uh, no, I didn't, but uh, you would be happy to know Casual Dex. So I actually uh, have NHL 21. It's one of my favorite games to play when I have some downtime on Xbox One. And the team that I play with are the Winnipeg Jets. That's right. I play with the Winnipeg Jets, man. I have a little bit of tough time beating the Colorado Avalanche, but it is what it is, you know. <laughs> but I enjoy playing that game, man. I, li- I like playing that. And that's the team that I'm playing with right now, the Winnipeg Jets. TJ, uh, what's Chris Richard's history with correcting DB techniques? I don't know what his history is, but he gets the best out of those DBs. And that, that's something that I feel like the Saints needed. Uh, Aaron Glenn uh, was a confidence builder. Uh, Chris Richard, to me, is a little bit of a teacher. He's a he's a guy who who can teach these guys. I don't feel like he's going to have the same approach as Aaron Glenn. Uh, I think that he's going to be a little bit more uh, technical. I think he's going to be a little bit more in their face. Uh, you know, I, I think that... It might start off a little bit rough, but I think that those guys are going to show improvement. He's going to show improvement because, I mean, you got to look at guys like Byron Maxwell. You know what I'm saying? Byron Maxwell, you got the best out of him. Uh, you got the best out of a lot of those guys from the Legion of Boom. I mean, it didn't matter who was coming in. Those guys were flying around the field. So with that being said, um, I think that the Saints got, got somebody that we can we know that we can trust. And he's a guy that there's a there's a, a student of the game as well as a teacher of the game. So yeah, Emmanuel Sanders is one of the best route runners in the league. And that's why the Saints got him. We should have got Casey Hayward. Uh, I think the Saints uh felt like they were okay at that position. That's the reason why. Face says agreed. Ryan says, Do you think the chances of us getting Matt Ryan then trading him? away for draft picks or cash money right away uh no uh, i don't see that happening brian that would be a waste of time money and energy you know no no disrespect to matt ryan uh but matt ryan is on the other side of 35 and his career is starting to wrap up and i don't know exactly what what his value would actually be i just feel like that would just be a waste of money on that one brian so my answer to that is no damien says uh i've been yelling tj for a while uh, I think an addition of Golden Tate would be awesome. Dude got game, big facts. Yeah, I'm a real big fan of Golden Tate. Uh, he reminds me of a, 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 you know, a little bit of a lighter version of a, of a Steve Smith. He's a physical guy. He's not afraid to uh, show his emotion on the field. He's not afraid to go out there and put a hat on a hat. Uh, you know, he got a little Heinz Ward in him. He got a little Steve Smith senior in him. So he's definitely a guy I, I can see in third down situations. Chris says hockey is a cool game to play on a gaming system. Yeah, it is. Graphics are outstanding. Face says, TJ, do you think Winston will throw for 5,000 or 4,000 yards? Um, look, I'm going to be real with you. If, if James Winston throwing for four or 5,000 yards, I'm a little concerned because 
that means that the Saints defense is not doing their job. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe he's throwing these guys back into the game. So I don't want to see that. I, look, if you look at some of these past 5,000-yard seasons by these guys that, that, that threw for 5,000 yards, guess what? The team didn't make the playoffs. And a lot of those yards come from these teams playing catch-up. So I don't want to see him throw for four or 5,000 yards, okay? I would like to see maybe 35, 3,600 something like that. I don't want to see 5,000 yards because that means that the Saints defense can't stop a nosebleed and Jameis Winston got to go out there slinging the ball all over the place, and that is dangerous, okay? That is dangerous. So, no, no, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't want to see him do that. Uh, I wouldn't take Matt Ryan if you gave us a LaBoy. <laughs> you mean Meg Ryan. <laughs> you got mail. OG. <laughs> Give a shout out to OG. After Winston, linebacker core and cornerbacks is my only concern. Yeah. I think it's a lot of people's concern. Fate says uh, laughing, laughing at the OG. I mean, look, <laughs> Matt, uh, Matt Ryan, uh, you know, like I said, he's on the other side of 35. So yeah, to me, his best days are behind him. He, he still has something left in the tank. But I don't think it's enough for us to get any trade value out of i really don't uh final question or statement will come from jamal says let Jameis be dangerous like russell wilson well not too dangerous not dangerous enough to put the team behind the eight ball with turnovers but i want to say thank you all for checking out the state of the saints podcast thank you all so much for uh answer asking your questions giving your comments making the show uh another successful show uh Please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already. YouTube.com, search The State of the Saints Podcast. Facebook.com, search The State of the Saints Podcast. And previous episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Uh, There's shirts still available. The State of the Saints Podcast t-shirts are available. Uh, Just go to Cash App, use dollar sign State of Saints uh, to purchase your State of the Saints Podcast t-shirt. Also, Manscaped is the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. Use the promo code State of Saints. Save 20% off of your purchase. Once again, promo code State of Saints, lowercase letters. You'll save 20% off on all Manscaped items. Thank you all so much. Take care. Like always, all I got to say is, who that?